Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. This is Optimus Prime, and you are listening to all things Transformers. Hello and welcome to All Things Transformers. I'm Steve Megatron and joining me is TFG1 Mike. Hello. Hello. So today we are jumping inside the pages of Toy Robot Magazine as we chat with the excellent editor, wondrous writer, Eric Braley. And welcome to the show. No and. Yes, welcome to the show. No, I wasn't reading that. I was saying, and and welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. This is going to be awesome. Yes, yes. So uh, we're going to pepper you with some questions. (laughs) I'm a pepper. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? Okay. Uh, about Transformers and Robots and the Toy Robot magazine. So uh, starting off, did you grow up with Transformers or Robots in general? And when do you remember first noticing them? Okay, uh, I was born in 1982, so I was lucky enough to live through the entire franchise from start to finish, pretty much. Uh, My first Transformer I ever had was in 1986, I believe. It was an Astro Train as a uh, Easter gift. Oh, nice! So cool! I just repurchased a 1985 Astro Train, and I have him right here. Nice. <laughs> I've got four of them sitting on the shelf in the other room. <laughs> the same one? No, they're all different colors. Nice. No, uh, mine are all G ones, and I do still have my original, original one. So I do have my very first Transformer I ever had. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, not too many of us are that lucky. <laughs> no, I had actually sold him years ago, and then the guy I sold him to sold it back to me. Oh, that's that's even funnier, actually. I, I still have one original figure from when I was a kid, and it was, but it wasn't Transformers; it was Beast Wars. <laughs> nice. It's still Transformers. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not G one, but. Yeah. yeah, true. I but yeah, I, I gave my brother iguanas, and when I went to visit a year and a half ago, he gave it back to me. Nice. <laughs> and I forgot I gave it to him, so he was like, "If you're not going to sell it, here you go." And I was like, "Oh, awesome!" And you know, comes full circle. They're coming back out with it again. So, so what Transformers generation is your favorite, and why? It's twofold. 
G1, obviously, because that's what started it for me. That's why I grew up with. However, I'm also a monstrous fan of the Armada era. So uh, there was a lot of figures in that run that I just really liked. There were a lot of good designs in that run, too. Yes, uh, my favorite Transformer ever is Tidal Wave from uh, Transformers Armada. Understandable. <laughs> he, is, he is kind of unique and, and uh, interesting of a character. Doesn't yep. he just wash over you, though? Um, nah. He's, uh, I don't know. I just really like the toy. I just, there's something special about it. I really love it. I even used to have one of the test shots for it back in the day. Well, and he's one of Megatron's brutes. <laughs> yeah. So it, it makes him even more important. So, uh, so what other robot franchises do you like? Or do you kind of collect from? Um, you know, back in the day when I used to have what I called my original collection, anything robot period ended up in my collection. Didn't matter what was, uh, then I sold it all. Like, you know, many of us have done, uh, I restarted collecting back in combiner wars, but right now, uh, there's certain Power Ranger robots. I like to get a lot of the earlier MMPR era stuff. Uh, Voltron is big. And then GoBots. Um, and then just kind of your generic 1980s looking bots. Those old more metal than plastic kind of toys. I like those. Johnny Five is alive. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the robot from Lost in Space. Yes, I've I've had many different versions of him over the years. So I, I have to ask because this this is kind of an either you're for it, you're against it, or you're kind of yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those questions that polarize people. So do you like or loathe the Bayverse, or you are indifferent to it? I am straight down the middle. I'm going to be honest, like. I liked the first movie. There's parts I like in all the films. Uh, the Last Night might be one of the worst films I've ever watched, yet I watch it more than any of the other films. I loathe the films for what they are, but at the same time, I love them because they have brought so many more younger fans into the franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. Uh, that's That's sound reasoning on it. Uh, it it does kind of keep the the whole thing alive in various forms. Yeah. So you've already answered the question of your your first transformer. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what what Transformers cartoon is your favorite, and that you kind of go back to and watch episodes when you just want something to kind of sit back and enjoy? All right, this is where I'm going to get a lot of flack. Almost none of them. I there are so few Transformer cartoons that have held my interest uh whether it's because i just thought they were too kiddish like i'm not a big fan of the g1 cartoon i hated all the silly jokes um i don't know i watched a lot of the transformers armada but then once it hit energon cybertron i quit watching it uh so i don't think i really have one hmm unexpected but an interesting answer yeah <laughs> no like i said i'm definitely in the minority on that one i can't fault it though because some of the shows are uh, they they do have an issue with rewatchability yeah uh, especially uh, I, when I, it's got really bad writing 
I'm gonna I'm say like nothing against Machinima and that stuff, but like that era, I could not stand their uh, cheap animation style. That drove me nuts. Well, you're in good company, so. <laughs> uh, I just hated the time length. That was stupid. It, it was the time length, but it was the animation and, and how like kind of choppy it was. Yeah, that stuttery style um, I'm still not a fan of. Uh, the only thing I've seen with that kind of style that worked was the, uh, what was that, the Spider-Man cartoon movie. So Yep. Yeah, it worked for that. The Transformers, yep. it needs something more concrete to kind of go with it. Yep. So, yeah, I totally get it. So, if you could voice any Transformers character, what would it be? I had an obsession with the way Shockwave sounded in uh, the cartoon and in the live action, or not live action, but in the cartoon movie, the 86 film. So if I ever had a chance, Shockwave. That would be cool. All right. Now that we have the basics of, mm-hmm. out of the way, how did you and Bill become friends and how did your love of toy robots bring you together? Okay. So, uh... In the year 2000, I, uh, like the Conan O'Brien bit there, I uh, moved to a city or a town called DeSmit, South Dakota, a really tiny town, and Bill was a, uh, I think he was in 11th grade when I came in, I was in like 10th grade, and we ended up making friends through mutual friends, um, and we've hung out together on and off now since 2001, so we've known each other since high school. Uh, as for how Toy Robot came about, uh, we uh, have always worked together on small projects. Bill does a lot of film, so he's done small film projects on and off. I've helped him on a few. We've won some awards. I have had the concept of a Transformer fanzine since 2008-ish, uh, that I wanted to do and it never came about and I pitched it to him and he was kind of on the fence until I read him an article I'd written and he's like I like that so we went to a mutual friend who does printing and he has a magazine here in our town we live in uh, about the town and he's like yeah I'll finance you guys let's get this off the ground let's do it and Hmm. uh, that's how it came about wow very cool, very cool yeah I have to say reading the most recent issue uh, I believe it's Volume 2, Issue 7, yes. with Optimus and Ravage on the cover. I haven't... I, you know, for the past four and a half, five years, and every time my late wife and I would go into the grocery store, I would look at magazines or I would look at covers and I would be like, okay, that kind of has a... Oh my God, they want sixteen ninety five for this? And I get it, and I understand it, whatever, fine. But like... I'm Steve sent me the copy of, of issue seven and I was like, Oh my God, I kind of miss having, this is great. This is awesome. This is, yep. why wasn't this around in 1986 when I was a kid? <laughs> and, see, and that's, um, you know, Bill and I and a couple other friends, if you came in during a study hall, we would have copies of toy fair wizard Lee's toy review. And we'd be these nerds in the back, just reading through every single article and memorizing these magazines. And, uh, we missed it. So, uh, my ability and passion to write, uh, and my knowledge on the toys and then Bill's ability to take amazing photos, uh, worked out hand in hand for this. So, what were what were each of your your you know your guys kind of goals when putting the magazine together? 
Um, my goal was from a writing perspective to show that you can cover stuff uh, that's been done before, because that's the biggest obstacle we had going against us is everybody's like, all the information's on the internet. Why do I want a magazine? And I said, because I can go to some of these wiki sites that are out there and the information can be good, but it can be dated. Uh, it may not have been updated for, I mean, years. Sometimes it has maybe humor that doesn't quite work as well anymore whether it be pc or it's just not good i don't want to be hateful on whoever did those edits but sometimes you're like well that's not funny why is that here uh so i wanted to write very serious articles with a taste of humor uh what bill wanted to do was to show that you could still take these toys people have seen a thousand times and just put a slight spin on it and make them really look great in a magazine. And uh, I think we've really done well with that. And a lot of the magic also on the magazine goes to our layout editor, who is Elliot Lucas. Awesome. So what is your favorite part of, of the magazine to look back at after you've, you've finished working on it? Uh, number one, just knowing that uh, this concept exists in reality and there's people all over the world that bought it um it's really fun to sit down and look at some of the rare items that we've covered uh and i really enjoy doing the interviews very cool very cool yeah i mean there there's so many ways like <laughs> there's so many sections in your old magazine and i was like hey i like punch counter punch that's an interesting way to do a a, an, an opinion piece with, yeah. with each of the people. Uh, I was like, that's amazing. That works. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a concept from the earliest days back in 2008 ish. Uh, somebody suggested that in our group way back and I held on to that forever. I was like, man, if I ever get a magazine, I'm bringing <laughs> that concept of punch counter punch in. And it works really good because Bill and I don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. And I love it. Very cool, very cool. Who is your end-all, be-all, favorite, I'm going to say Transformers character from any <laughs> incarnation? Because, I mean, that's what we're here for, is all things Transformers. Yes. You can pick a Decepticon, an Autobot, a Maximal, and a Predacon. Okay, so Decepticon is going to be Tidal Wave. Uh, just hands down, I love him. Excellent character. Uh, Autobot, uh, you know... <laughs> I was always cheering for the bad guys, I'll be honest. But, you know, Optimus Prime, <laughs> I like uh, the concept of just this hero who will do whatever it takes to get things done. Predacon, uh, get me, uh, what was his name? Inferno, that little ant. That guy was <laughs> hilarious. Um, and then uh, Predacon. Maximal. Uh, oh, Maximal. Uh, let's go... Almost, I don't know, does it count if I say Leo Convoy from the Beast Wars? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah totally. Leo Convoy, yeah. And you know what, and back to the cartoon thing, I would say Beast Wars, the cartoon, I did watch a lot of that, I remember that now. Are there any Transformers characters you hate? Armada Red Alert was one of the junkiest pieces of crap ever made. Um, that new Jada Prime looks god-awful. That's <laughs> uh but it's not for us. That's for the kiddos. You know what I mean? So I gotta take that into context. Um yeah, there's definitely I mean if I sat down and really thought about it, I'm sure there's tons I would just like this is a terrible figure. Um 
<laughs> I'm not a big fan of a lot of the earlier studio series figures. They like overcomplicated them and they just fall apart. I can I can understand that though. <laughs> yeah, like I have the three little motorcycle sisters and uh I tried transforming them, they all broke and I was like, Nope, you just go in the box and I will never touch you again. Oh wow. Yep. I've been fortunate not to have too many of those issues. I, I do remember quite a few that would just fall apart on impact uh, in the Beast Wars line. Uh-huh. So, yeah. <laughs> so back to the magazine. Uh, what's yeah. what's the average prep time to get each issue of the magazine ready for the, you know, ever, for the people out there to enjoy the, the magazine? Okay, so uh, in Volume 1, we were just getting them done when we got a chance to get them done. Uh, Going into Volume 2, where we introduced subscriptions and digital editions, uh, we wanted to have a very strict time limit. So we allow ourselves about uh, a month and a half, two months to get magazine together. Uh, There's a short two-week period of prepping it, getting it ready to go. And then we put it up for pre-order. Our magazine is made to order, which means we only make say about 25 to 50 more copies than were ordered. And that keeps our costs down. Um, And uh, so I would say about every two months now, you can expect the issue to come in a little bit more if the mail is slow. Nice. Uh, So what, what are some of the difficulties or what were some of the difficulties getting it off the ground? Uh, Originally we tried doing a Kickstarter because uh, we thought it would be really nice to get all the money up front. That didn't work out, unfortunately. So, uh, again, we are very lucky that the individual who decided to finance us happens to have, uh, like, all of our editing is done in-house with his company, McQuillan Creative, his ads on the back of all the magazines. Uh, and he was willing to have uh, risk his money up front to help us go forward. And uh, we thank him every day for that because, you know, now it exists. Repeat the question one more time. Sorry. <laughs> uh, just what were, what were some of the difficulties yeah. getting it off the ground? Uh, the other thing is scheduling. Scheduling is very tough. Bill is an incredibly busy guy. He's got a wonderful wife, two beautiful children. So, uh, like, you know, summer right now, that eats up all of his time. On top of that, he does uh, commercial editing because uh, he has his own company where he makes commercials. He does editing for other people as well. If you've done editing, which I know you guys have, you know mm-hmm. what kind of process that can be. So, I mean, his day is sometimes six in the morning with a sick child until three in the morning with that same sick child and doing all this work in between. So trying to get our schedules to line up. Whereas I work from home, I sell stuff on eBay. So my schedule is a lot more fluid. Wow. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. Yep. It's a, I respect everything he does. It's a busy, busy schedule. And so one of the positives of it, uh, what, what are, your favorite sections of the magazine? Uh, my favorite sections of the magazine are uh, a lot of times we do a section called artifacts where we cover a, uh, just a bizarre item that is licensed under the transformers brand, whether it be a book uh, we've done uh, a European pencil case before uh, issue number eight, we're going to be talking about TV trays. So I like writing about those. Um, I also really like hunting down bizarre and off-the-wall items that uh, people may not know about. Like, uh, recently, we were the first people ever to document a uh, Korean version of Laserbeak that 
I mean, as far as we're aware, we're the first people ever to document it. And it's wow. in one of our issues. So, yeah. And have have you read uh, any or been interested in any of the Transformers comics? And if you do, uh, what was one of your favorite uh eras more or less because uh, i know it's changed hands a couple times yeah different writers and i'm trying to remember who started off was it idw or dreamwave it was uh it was marvel then dreamwave then idw and then dreamwave so dreamwave so when dreamwave started with their run i tried keeping up with that but then it just so many books came out i couldn't keep up with it but i did enjoy that early stuff especially their more than meets the eye guides those were fun Right now, I've just started rereading the Marvel stuff. Um, and then uh, a while back here, they came out with the Transformers manga completely reprinted, and I devoured that. That was one of the most fun things I've ever read. Yeah, we're going to have to cover that at some point on this show and on the comic podcast I do as well, because I've heard nothing but good things about that. Oh, yeah, it's its own continuity, and it's just, God, it's fun. Have you read the IDW stuff at all? Uh a few bits here and there. I used to uh, work as a comic show. Uh, I used to work at a comic shop as a manager. I've owned a comic shop, so every now and then I would thumb through them, but uh, never really got heavy into them. It's nothing against the books. I just never had the time. Right, right, right. Okay, so I wasn't sure if you had or not because the next question, it's kind of like I base it around what happened in IDW. If you could live on any planet or world within the Transformers universe, where would you want to live? And obviously it goes without saying, yes, you can breathe on whichever place you choose. Sure. <laughs> if it's in any universe, it's got to be Planet Junkian. Those guys just seem like they know how to party and have a good time. Wow. They look like a bunch of crazy old biker hippies, and that's what I was raised by, and I'm down with that. Yeah. Hey, but they talk TV, so if you if you and like that's memes, even better like, yet. Yeah, if you, yeah. if you love talking memes or, or TV, then they're perfect. Oh, man, you know they'd be down with meme culture now. So, yeah, it'd be great. It'd be a laugh every day. Oh, yeah. That's right. And, and you know, they have Weird Al chained up in the basement just so he can <laughs> sing all the time. I'm no, okay they turned him that. into a junkie on. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's true. They did that in animated. Yeah, I was going to say, what was he, uh, Rekgar, right? Yep. yep. In animated, yep. I am Rekgar. I am garbage. Yeah. <laughs> good little or, or trash for all the good little boys and the little girls. Yep. I am Rekgar. I dare to be stupid. Yeah, I remember that line. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, it was so nice having like I, I mentioned this. I don't know if people will hear it in the next episode or not, but uh the next episode a guy I talked with about his origins in Transformers, we were talking about G1 Ratgar and Eric Idle and we got talking about the whole thing of who is that? Like Monty P- I can't pick him out of the Monty Python. <laughs> I just know his I, voice. Yeah, no, I um he's one of those guys that if I see him on screen, I'm like, oh that's Eric Idle, but if you tell mm-hmm. me to point him out in a big group picture, yeah. I'll be like, uh I, I don't remember. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I don't But I mean I grew up with uh, a lot of Eric Idle stuff in the house, so as a kid when the eighty six movie came out, I was like, Oh, Eric Idle's in this, you know, like a four or five year old child should not know that, so <laughs> <laughs> I was like Wait, what's what's John Bender doing in this movie? I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. Um, shouldn't he be after Ali Sheedy or, right? or whatever? Yeah. So you have currently, of for Volume 2, you have seven issues that are uh, out. 
Uh, I try to remember even where we started Volume Two, man. I don't even know my own magazine. That's so bad. No, yeah. Overall, overall, we have seven issues out. Volume Two, I think, started with issue six, five or six. Yeah, yeah. I have oh, them okay. in front of me. Okay. Yeah. I w- okay. Okay. So. Yeah. Okay, so the magazine has seven issues in total. Mm-hmm. Give us a little preview of what's going to happen in issue eight, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we literally, I just finished the notes on issue eight this morning uh, because it is going to go up for sale uh, sh- if everything works July 7th. Uh, let's see here. I can actually bring it up on my window and give you guys some of the articles that will be showing up in it. Uh, so for an interview, we are going to be talking to the wonderful Scott Zillner of uh, Planet X Toys, uh, California. He's uh, been on shows like The Toys That Made Us and Pawn Stars. Uh, he is a mega collector. Uh, he's one of those guys that you always hear about, like that has a little bit of everything. That's him. And he also works in the toy industry, so that's cool. Uh, we have an incredible write-up about the SR-71 spy plane in its entire history. We've covered the Piranicons, uh, Super Zeo Megazord, and we've been introducing a new article called The Savage Ravage after our mascot, which is a black cat that Bill and I rescued in the middle of a snowstorm. And she has an article where she talks about the new uh, Jada Metal minifigures. So that's some of the things that we cover. So it's funny you mention that because I don't know. I'm sure the my microphone is going to pick this up. I actually have series one of the <laughs> – I just bought it of the Nano minifigs. Nice. So I'm curious to see what Jada does for series two because in this series they have Optimus, Bumblebee, Hot Rod, Cliff Jumper, Starscream, Megatron, uh, Jazz, Prowl, Sunstreaker, Sideswipe, uh, Skywarp, Thundercracker, Wheeljack, RC, Ironhide, Ultra Magnus, Shockwave, and Soundwave. So I'm curious to see what Jada does with the next level of Series 2 of those nano figs. Yeah, there were some neat choices in there, so... I just haven't gotten up the compunction to open it yet. Like, it's not that I want to keep it, like, mint in seal box or mint in box. I actually want to open it up and, you know, display the figures themselves, but I'm like... I don't know if I can get them back in the box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yep, yep. It can be weird. Um, we're also going to have a cassette mini breakdown. Uh, we do, sometimes we do little guides. And mm-hmm. so there, we covered all the G1 cassettes. Nice. That's cool. So it's not a price guide. It's just a quick That'll be nice. visual guide again. So Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of like how they used to do the, you know... Secrets of Teletran 1 and Secrets yes. of Teletran 2 kind of thing. From the secret files of Teletran 2. In the days of Megatron, Decepticons developed the art of espionage using cassette technology. Their first cassette, Laserbeak, could fly undetected into any Autobot stronghold, record information, and then return to base. 
Then the Decepticons decided to increase their spying abilities with Ratbat. As a bat, Ratbat can hide in crevices that Laserbeak can't reach, and he's especially effective in tunnels, caves, or in the darkness of space. Ratbat reports on the Autobots' most carefully guarded secrets. The Autobots had no choice but to strike back at these Decepticon techniques of stealth, building a force of cassette transformers of their own, with Blaster as their guardian. They constructed Ramhorn the Rhino, who can use animalistic force if cornered. And Steeljaw, the lion, who can crawl through the foliage of any alien world to sneak up on Decepticons. They also bolstered their cassette force with Rewind and Eject, who can transform to robot mode and use more conventional fighting force techniques. Yeah, that is awesome. Very cool, very cool. I know I'm looking forward to... Uh, uh... I saw there's another Beast Wars article coming, so... <laughs> yep, uh, this time around we're covering uh, Optimus Primal, uh, that big beast of a toy, so... And, you know, there's always that that old rat trap quote. Jumping gyros! Optimus sure learns a new body fast! Yeah, well, what do you expect? He <laughs> changes him often enough. <laughs> right? Yeah, we had a lot of fun trying to get those photos done for that because uh, those knee joints on that figure, I hate them so much, but we got it done. So was it the original Optimal Optimus that you, you were working with? Yeah, the uh, Transmetals one, yep. Yeah, yeah. because yep. I, I have the Transart third-party one, and uh, it's infinitely better, but the the original toy was terrible on those knees uh, because when I originally got it, I didn't realize that the knees clicked down into the feet. Mm -hmm. and when i reacquired it um i discovered that it does do that and then yeah and we uses that capability it doesn't stay up (laughs) yeah no uh we messed around with the joints a few times for the pictures and after that it's like nope he gets stood upright and that's how he's gonna stay and i i never know because sometimes people like it and sometimes they don't, and that's fine. But I have just scrolled down on your Facebook page. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't want this at TRM. We need this, the Funko Jumbo Unicron. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I'm I'm all about getting anything Unicron. So i'm all about paying like between 40 and 60 bucks for this figure versus almost 600 for the one that i probably have no room for yeah yeah <laughs> i think he's more than that now oh after market on on uh, haslab Uticron is a- asking prices are up upwards of two grand yeah yeah no, it's well, a it's minimum crazy. yeah yeah he's minimum a grand to 1200 which uh when we covered that in i think issue one or two we called the aftermarket value on it almost to the penny. Wow. What, yeah, cool, what's funny cool. is he's he still costs less than the uh, 2006 BotCon Beast Wars Megatron. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love Funko Pops, and I love it because I'm – at my age now, at 42, almost four – well, I won't be 43 until next February. But uh, it's one of those things where I just want to have representation of the characters I love. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I have these nano figs. I just want to look at them and admire them for what they are. I don't need to – as much as I intentionally bought my little Astro Train here, 
I don't always need to like you know fiddle with the figure and transform it and do this and do that to it anymore. I've sort no. of grown up, but not really. See, I always tell people like some people have artwork stuff like that. I said that's what my toys are for me. They're uh, 3D pieces of artwork that hang out in my office and make me smile. And and they can be touched, they can be transformed, but most yes. of the time they won't. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Yeah. Now, about the only time I transform them is for the magazine. Yeah, because that's kind of how my collection sits. Is it's it, it's in a cabinet. It looks nice. I yep. repaint them because Hasbro doesn't have the paint job, <laughs> and, <laughs> and and or customize you know based on that. But overall, they stay in robot mode. Yeah, yeah, takes up a lot less room in robot mode. That's for sure. Yes, they do. <laughs> so, is there anything else you'd like to promote while we've got you on the line? Yeah, absolutely. So. uh Obviously, if you want to buy Toy Robot Magazine, when new issues come up for sale, we have a link on our website. Uh, we also have a link on our Facebook page. Uh, that's Toy Robot Magazine. Um, we also offer subscriptions. So that is a reduced cost on the magazine that gets shipped out in a cardboard mailer. Uh, some people want them in big fancy boxes. Unfortunately, we can't do that. We just we don't have the money to do that. If you are not comfortable with, say, buying it through us, you can go to your local comic book shop and ask if they can order it. We are a uh, we are sold in diamond. So there's anybody with a diamond account can order us worldwide and get it. If you want a subscription and you are overseas or out of country, we can make special deals to get those magazines to you. Uh, just be aware, shipping, unfortunately, is incredibly high. We will be offering uh, some fun stuff down the road. Like uh, we have some posters that we printed out. Uh, all of our magazines include seven posters. So we're going to be re-offering some of those soon. And uh, we've been talking about maybe doing a silly fun issue or an annual of older issues in the near future as well. So if you want to see that, let us know that uh, lets us gauge if people will even want that or not. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. So we want to thank you again for taking this time to be on all things Transformers and uh, informing us about you and Toy Robot Magazine. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. So again, uh, this this has been awesome. I've I've enjoyed the the trip down memory lane, opening these magazines, looking at them, checking them out, seeing the pictures. Uh, That's what we like to hear. Seeing things that I don't remember, like the 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 view masters or the you know mm -hmm. certain other other things that were in previous issues. Yes. So so as I've mentioned, I'm the old fogey here at 42 <laughs> years old. Steve is is six years younger, and. He's like, I don't remember. I'm like, how do you not remember Vum? I was no, I remember them. I don't remember the Transformers one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I, I had one. I had okay. one. It just wasn't Transformers. It was like Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I had like a whole. You want to talk? So before we started recording this, the, this lovely interview that we have here with uh, with Eric, he and I were talking about Battle Beasts and his obsession and yes. wanting to have a complete collection of Battle Beasts. And yeah, I had a whole collection. Like I had for I, anything that Hasbro or Milton Bradley or whoever was doing the Viewmasters forty years ago. Anything they put on a Viewmaster, I most likely had it. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, they were so cheap to get, so parents were mm -hmm. so happy to buy you three or four. Oh, yeah, at they time. were they were dirt cheap. Yep. yep. And uh, I mean, I I spent 
whole afternoons with all my Viewmaster reels laying out in the dirt and like on the farm and just like looking at them and stuff. It was a blast. Absolutely. All right, Mike, take us out. All right, I will take us the heck out of here. Put them on my what, Megatron? Put them on your tab, Michael. I'll give you a tab. Listening to us here in all things Transformers, I have been your host along with Steve Megatron. And of course, we have had Mr. Eric Braley. Would you like to give out your social media contacts for people to follow you guys on social media? Yes, absolutely. So uh, the main thing that we do right now is Facebook because we're old and we don't understand TikTok. Uh, that is Toy Robot Magazine or at Toy Robot Magazine. That's the easiest way to find it. All of our social links are on there. Uh, you know, give our magazine a look over. If you're not sure if you want to look at it or not, we also have digital. So that's a cheap way to hop on board. And uh, I think you'll realize that once you get a magazine in hand, you know, having a physical copy of a book is a really cool thing. And uh, also, if you want to up your collector game, we also offer metallic covers. Really? Yes. Hmm. Interesting. I will have to talk to you about that later. Uh, yeah, I don't do the TikToks. That's for the the newfangled kids that's, with that's their the young looker snappers. Yeah, like like I, I've been spending forty years trying to get widescreen televisions and widescreen monitors. Why do I want this this portrait mode? <laughs> anyway, that's a whole. Uh, of course, you can interact with me. Uh, on Twitter, I am at TF2 and Mike. Find the show at All Things TFV3, along with at Geekcast Radio for the network. Steve, what is your Twitter? At SCP21. All right. You can also interact with us on our Facebook page, as well as the website, geekcastradio.com. Transform and transcend with us next time here on All Things Transformers. <laughs> I wish to speak to my lawyer.